Never mind. Welcome to the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast, the hottest damn wrestling podcast in the whole fucking world. I'm the man with the plan, the host with the most, the kid with the skids. With the skids. <laughs> I'm Dan Hummer, and I'm here with a lovely panel. I mean, nobody would really know. The only person that would ever know you have skids would have been mom when you were a kid when she did your laundry. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, I actually had it like a, a skid mark one time in like the wrestling locker room, and it was, it was bad. Skid mark or skid more? No, he was there, but yeah. he was one of the guys teasing me. But that was like a big day. It was, it was funny, but well, it was funny for them. <laughs> uh, Doug's here. Hi. And uh, of course, <laughs> I think you need a better introduction than that. Yeah. Uh, the third Basham, Doug's here. Yeah, the, third, the second Doug in the Bashams. Yeah. And then, of course, one of our favorite people. Oh, Clint is not here yet. Okay. Uh, <laughs> Eric's here. What's up? Not really much. Nice it's nice to see you. I'm excited. We got a, a big weekend. You know, we got fights this weekend. We got, you know, football this weekend. And, of course, we're here to talk about wrestling. Yes. Uh, Going to be hanging out with Eric the majority of the day tomorrow. Going to watch the Giants beat the holy hell out of the Eagles. Yeah. Uh, day ball for life, baby. Yeah. Uh, well, if there's ever a zombie apocalypse and you need food, definitely day ball for life. It's fat <laughs> ass. will keep you, keep you fed for years. <laughs> He's basically if you, you, you mixed you and me into one person. Oh, God. <laughs> Is he that miserable? He's just chubby and bald. <laughs> uh, but he's a, I mean, he's a great coach. But who gives a fuck? Uh, we're here to talk about wrestling, and we're here for another war drums. Number eight, specifically. Eric, do you have the tallies? I think WCW won last time, and I still have the tallies from last time. Yeah, I know you sent them to me. I, I yeah. probably should have prepared this before I threw that to you. I'm sorry. But uh, we're here for our eighth I now. said. Yep. All I right. somewhere here. Okay. Well, if you find it, let me, let me know and we'll announce it. If not, who gives a fuck? Uh, Raw versus uh, Nitro. The Monday Night Wars, the television ratings battle of the millennium. Probably everybody's oh. favorite era in wrestling. Yeah. You got it? Before we... I wanted to um. Oh yeah. Say uh, rest in peace to Jay Briscoe. Yeah. Uh, definitely R.I.P. Yeah. to Jay Briscoe. Uh, for anybody that doesn't know, he was involved in a, a tragic car accident. Uh, um, on Tuesday, taking his daughters to cheerleading practice. The daughters are still alive, and you know they've had to go through a shit ton of surgery. Uh, they got a long road ahead of them. 
but they're ha- they're hanging in there. Yeah. Uh, Jay, unfortunately, and then didn't make it. Neither did the driver of the other car. Uh, rest in peace yeah, rest to in both peace of to them. Too. Yeah, because yep. you know a- accidents happen. Uh, yeah. So n- nobody nobody deserves to have that happen to them. Uh, no, it's one of the worst feelings in life. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, it sucks for those girls. It sucks for everybody involved. You know, I mean, it sucks that life goes like this. You know, and uh, it's, very, right now, so. it's it's shock. It is shocking. As shocked as the wrestling community is, and as sad as they are, you know, our love, prayers, and condolences go to the family. Yeah, and uh, it goes to every anybody that was close to Jay, and uh, you know, because we enjoy him as a performer. I've known about this guy, and I've been watching this guy since I was a, a little kid. Yeah, but uh, you know, he still. He's just, it's not, it's beyond just, he's 38, he's a young kid, he's a legend, a legend in the business, a legend wrestler, a legend independent tag team wrestler, Yeah. one of the greatest at that. Right, I put him him on my list. He was on your list, we talked about him not too long ago, so, it's very sad, and uh, R.I.P., and, uh, you know, a moment of silence for Jay Briscoe. But uh, all right, we're gonna we're gonna move on unless we have other. Do we have we have more? On, I mean, we we're gonna do a show on him at some point. Yeah, we'll definitely do a show on him at some point. I I just want to kind of address this. Uh, you know, a lot of people were complaining because uh, Warner Media would not let him on their networks because of a, a tweet that he made uh, about ten years ago. It was kind of homophobic. Yeah. Uh. And then he passed away, and Tony Khan had all these plans for tribute shows for him. Mm-hmm. Warner Media got to him and said, "We don't care. We don't want him on our network. We don't want any mention of him." So, like, they were only able to do like a little bit. Like, they did the still graphic, and the Bucks did something for him, and like they wore like the, the armbands and shit. But Warner Media is pretty just like, look, we said we didn't want him on the network. It, it's going to stay that way. You cannot run tribute shows. Your, your tribute shows for him will not be on our networks. Yeah. I know a lot of people are upset about that. Uh, but And Jay made a mistake 10 years ago. He, he's apologized for it. Uh, but also, too, like, yes, he is gone. But the networks still are going to feel that way no matter what. Uh, are they – is it right? No. Are they assholes? Yes. But yeah. there are there are other ways to honor him. Cleveth, welcome to the show. I, I, I get what hey. you're saying and I don't I don't disagree. I do think that Warner Media just like I mean, and I don't wanna say this because, you know, I mean I love a lot of the things they produce, but also my opinion on them is corporate scumbags. And you know, and I've and Warner has proven that and fucking new. And trust me, that's one of my favorite companies because it has all my favorite shit. Yeah. Warner, Warner does. That's DC. That's all. Ever. That's everything I like. But those guys can be corporate scumbags. And I'm sure there's people that have been canceled that work for Warner Media for saying all sorts of crazy stuff and maybe even doing stuff that are still on payroll. So I mean, I think it's a little fucked up. I understand and I get it and I get, but it's also like. Just let them run the tribute show. Like, 
Yeah. Well, no, I I agree with you a hundred percent. I'm just saying that, like, unfortunately, because they are a big enough business and they do hold that power, there's not really anything anybody can do about it. Oh no, when it, what's done is done. Yeah. So, like, again, yep. uh, and I know a lot of people are upset about it, rightfully so. Yeah. But guys, there's really nothing anybody can do about it. So just like you know, I know, and this is kind of you know, bad to bring up, although somebody tried to compare it, like, oh, my God, what a horrible month in the wrestling business. You know, they brought up what happened with the McMahons, and they're like, and now Jay Briscoe died. Jay Briscoe's death is the worst thing that has happened this month. The hell with what happened in Stanford. All right? You should not compare Jay Briscoe's death with Vince McMahon getting elected to the board of directors. That's yeah. another thing. And again, yeah. trust, I, I think WWE is going to end because Vince is back. But it's bigger than to, wrestling. To I compare. agree with you. Yes, it's bigger than wrestling. It's not, it's like not everything has to be about wrestling. Yeah, this is about a man's life. Exactly. And again, uh, Warner Media is making a decision, a bad decision as far as I'm concerned. Yeah. But it's, it's their decision, and there's nothing that anybody can really do to change it. What Tony Khan needs to do is he said it's going to be free for everybody, but yet a lot of people aren't going to see this fucking thing until it hits honor quote. Release it on YouTube. You have two YouTube channels. All right. He does. You have Ring of Honor. Yeah, I they were were you talking about? Yeah, I thought they were releasing it today on the Ring of, on their YouTube channel. I haven't seen it yet. I mean, it, it, we might get it today. Uh, I yeah. want to see it because the main event of that show is Claudio Cashinoli and Christopher Daniels. Yeah. Okay. Yep. So I want to see. Uh. But I know. mean, yeah, just spot on. I agree with you. Uh, yeah. It's not that shit's not about wrestling, and it's like don't even put it in the same sentence. Don't even like like exactly. it doesn't matter. Well, like what affects your programming, and I'm sorry that Vince is back and fucking now all oh, wrestling's ruined. Yeah, but this is this is different, and don't even yeah. say it. I agree with you. And and by the way, I do have to make mention of this. I mean, I I read it on Facebook. I don't know how true it is because I can't find it anywhere else. Yeah. Uh, but I did read that uh, Shasti is going through some shit right now. Uh, again, I don't know how true it is because I just saw it on a Facebook thing that she tweeted on Instagram or whatever. But apparently her her sister, her twin sister, by the way, it has been diagnosed with cancer. That's sad. Okay. Oh, well. Again, I can't really con- – I saw it on one Facebook thing. Yeah. So I don't know how true it is, and if I'm saying something that is not true, I apologize. But I did read it, and it just like it's a shitty week. It's a shitty week for certain performers. I agree, but yes. yeah, I, I agree. It, it, it's, it goes way beyond wrestling. Yeah, it's not about wrestling. Fuck wrestling when it comes to that shit. Yeah. With, with bad stuff and yep. tragedy and and you know. And stuff like that. It's it's different. I and I don't give a damn because a lot of people criticize Shati because they don't think her ring work is that good. Right now, what this young by the way, she lost her father at the at early last year. Yeah. Okay. Due to COVID. Yeah. Now her sister possibility her sister has has cancer. Yeah. All right. So I, I don't give a damn what you how you feel about this woman. I personally do like her. Yeah. Uh. But no matter how you feel about it, this is something that nobody should have to go through. No, 
And it sucks. A lot of people do it. It's sad. Yeah. Uh, let, let's move on. Yeah. Let's talk about something that's sad. As RIP to Jay Briscoe. Yes. Absolutely. Very sad situation. And, you know, he'll be forever missed. And uh, and I'm sorry. And condolences and prayers and thoughts to the families. And prayers and thoughts with Shotzi's family, too. And yeah. Shotzi and everything. All right. War drums number eight. Raw versus Nitro. Uh, January 19th, 1998, you got two red hot fucking organizations going against each other. And one was a go home show for a pay-per-view. The other one was the uh, fallout from a pay-per-view. Yeah. For WCW, you have uh, sold out coming up soon. And uh, Raw's war is the fallout of Royal Rumble. Yes. So we're going to start with Nitro. We're in New Orleans at the Superdome. I don't know how, how many... I don't know the attendance, but there was a lot of people in that fucking building. It's here. Yeah. Uh, our world champion, we don't have one. Our U.S. champion is DDP. Yes. Yep. Our world tag team champions are the Outsiders. Who are, won the titles, by the way, the week before on Nitro. Who'd they be? Uh, Rick and Scott Steiner. It was... Uh, Macho Man was trying to cost Kevin Nash... Uh, the tag titles. He was trying to elbow drop Kevin Nash. Kevin Nash saw it coming, so he moved. Rick Steiner got hit. <laughs> and then uh, Hall and Nash were able to win. All right. Booker T is our television champion. And Ray Ray, Lil yep. Ray Ray, is our cruiserweight champion. Yeah. Who, by the way, won that title the Thursday before on Thunder. So, you know, title. Well, first of all, in WCW, titles seem to change hands like all oh, the yeah. time. Oh, yeah. I mean, WWE, the yeah. Attitude Era. Yeah. So it's just like in the Attitude Era, in the Monday Night Wars era, you were lucky if you held the title for 60 days. Yeah. Especially if you were being booked by Russo. Yeah. Russo loved to fucking throw that belt around. Yeah. And also, too, uh, you got to remember Booker T's title, the television title. Yeah. Because it was defended on every freaking TV. Well, not every up to that point, but be, like their main shows, like. Uh, Nitro, Thunder, Saturday Night. Occasionally, they might do a worldwide title match. Uh, so you, uh, so TV titles getting defended all the time, so it could change hands at, at any point. Yes. Uh, and I think, like up to that point, the longest reigning TV champion before Booker got the belt was probably. Probably Regal. Yeah. At 60 days, by the way. Yeah. And then after that, like, he would, and then after that, like, there was a month for Dragon, a month for Alex Wright, a month for Disco, a month for Saturn, another, you know, three weeks for Disco. Yeah. That, that was the pattern. Because the title was defended all the time, so, like, it's only going to be a matter of time before you get to somebody that's going to beat you for the belt. Yes. Especially, yeah, the TV title, for sure. Our hosts are Shivani, Tanay, and Zabisco for hour one. We start the night with Rick Martel, my boy, and Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. And to me, this was a surprising match to start out with, uh, especially seeing Rick Martel in 1998. It was pretty surprising. Yeah. Uh, he came in. So when he came, uh, he was supposed to go back to the WWF. Really? Yeah. Him and Don Callis, or as I like to call him, Don Hammerhead, were going to be uh, – <laughs> 
were going to be uh, a tag team known as the Models. Don Callis was already the Jackal. This is before he became the Jackal. Oh. So they were supposed to go in in like September or whatever, 97. Yeah. Martell got an offer because by like August or September of 97, they already knew they were going to do Thunder. Yeah. And then they also knew that they were going to go to three hours of Nitro. So Bischoff's like, I got to get more fucking down <laughs> because I can't have the same people because I also have syndicated programs. Yeah. And I have a WCW Saturday night. So I'm looking at about, you know, eight, nine hours of television. I can't have the same guys working the same fucking shows. No. So I got to get new talent. Yeah. So he got Martell. I don't know what kept Martell from debuting until like the beginning of the year, but he came in first Nitro of 98 and he didn't, you know, they put him on a win streak. Uh, and like here, it's just pretty much like they're kind of building him because they knew they were going to have him work with Booker. Yeah. Because they needed to get Booker to that next level because Booker was working towards the next level of being a single star. Yeah. All right, Rick Martel is one of the more underrated wrestlers in the world and a, and a veteran, yeah. and he can lead Booker. Yeah. So, okay, this is what we're going to do. Right. Now, this match with Eddie, uh, Eddie pretty much had kind of fallen to the point where it's just like he was going to do jobs for guys. Yeah. Until they found the thing for him to do with Chavo. Because mm-hmm. they were just kind of just like, all right, what the fuck are we going to do with them? Right. But they knew he could have good matches. So it's just like, hey, uh, like the week before he jobbed to Jericho on Thunder. Yeah. They're like, hey, you know, they're pretty much just like, hey, you know, we, you know, we got to help get Martel over. We need him against uh, strong competitors. Can you do it? And he was a company guy. Mm-hmm. And to be honest with you, I, I believe this was the first time ever matchup. And it could, uh, you know, at that time, because they were two of the more talented wrestlers, could have been a dream match. Yeah. What, Eddie and fucking Martel? Yeah, for anybody that was like a wrestling purist. Yeah. Yeah. For a purist, for sure. Yeah. Not for a casual fan. Not No, not for a casual fan, but for like wrestling purist, you know, like a Dave Meltzer. Yeah. And it was a good match, and to me, it lived up to the fucking hype. Yeah, I thought it was good. I and I mean, there was no hype behind it, but it was a good match. You, you needed something to to hype up to open up a strong opener, and that's what helps with television programs. That uh, you need a strong oh. opener. A lot of times now they go for the promo. Right. You know, you have to have a strong yep. promo. Back in these days, it was get a strong match out there. Sometimes they would do promo, but get a strong match. Get a match. And just we'll see how it goes. Mm-hmm. This, I think, went pretty well. Because this is also to help get Martell ready, you know, keep him on that momentum for Booker. Yeah. Uh, the thing about Martell is he's got that old school style. Yeah. But uh, he also has, like, this agility about him and his skill set. And he can go – he can still go with a guy like Eddie Guerrero and make everything look good and make all the moves look slick and yes. not feel slow at all. Like, if you put a, a Wyndham with 
Guerrero at this time. It probably wouldn't be very good. No. Uh, like, even uh, what I would notice, like, put, like, uh, a, a Luger with Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. It just wouldn't work because, you know, it's two different styles. Exactly. Uh, but, you know, Martel, because he, he can I mean, he came in in great shape. Yeah. Uh, I mean, better shape than what Roddy Piper was probably in at the time. Definitely than what Roddy Piper was in in 2008. Yeah, exactly. We saw that last week. But, like, uh, this is pretty much just, it, this was kind of, had not Martel torn his patella the next month at Super Brawl, yeah. who knows how long a, of a run Martel would have had. Because this was almost like the second coming for his career. That's crazy. That would have been awesome if it would have worked out. Yeah, and when he tried to make a comeback, so here's a funny thing, and then we can move on. He tried to make a comeback. He came back the night after Bash at the Beach, 98. Yes. He worked Stevie Ray. He was coming back from that from that injury. The match sucked so bad, Martel gave his notice and retired. Really? Yeah. That's how bad it was? He, wow. Well, I thought it sucked. Mm-hmm. But, like, he tried to make a comeback, but then, like, because Stevie Ray's no booker. No. Mainly Ray. Stevie Ray's. Sucks. Yeah, mainly because Stevie, the only thing Stevie Ray could probably sell is the family car. Yeah. Uh, like, Stevie Ray is not, and again, I don't have an issue with the guy. I mean, he's probably going to have one with me now, <laughs> but he's, just, he's not Booker. No. Now, I like Stevie Ray's promos, but his in-ring work, is you know, his in-ring work can be from time to time it can be the shits. Yeah, it sucked. Okay, so but Booker and, was the good one. Yeah. And even like promos, Booker was the more charismatic one. Booker was better in all ways. No, I I, I agree. Broke out to be a star, and Stevie Ray ended up teaming with Ahmed Johnson when he yeah. got fat. Yeah. So, but like so, but yeah, the match was so bad that Martel pretty much just went to Bischoff and said, "Yeah, I'm not gonna come back." I don't blame him. Yeah. Uh, Eric, what did you pick of this match? I thought it was a solid opener. I thought <clears throat> both got I thought they uh they had good chemistry. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Let uh, us what'd you think? Yeah, it was a solid opener. Uh it was a great opener. I think the back and forth and it really got you wanting to see what was going to happen for the rest of the week line up because when you open a good have a good solid opener it makes you want to stay and watch to see if it can top anything or get any better than that what you just watched. Exactly. Yeah, I, I agree. And and that's the thing is that like and we're gonna see because some guys on this nitro and by the way and I've said this a hundred times you had a hundred guys on the talent roster yes. in 1998. Yeah. Okay. Uh, now you're not going to fit a hundred guys in a three-hour program, unless you do World War Three a couple of times. Uh, but you had to pick because there were probably guys missing from this show that probably could have been on it because they're featured featured guys. Yes, like a, a Mongo or a Goldberg. Definitely a Mongo, right? Uh, a Mongo, Goldberg, uh, Ming. Uh, you know, Ray Trailer. You know, to name a 
to name the guys that were actually kind of getting pushed at the time. You know, Diamond Dallas Page, United States champion. Where the hell was he? Yeah, I was surprised he wasn't on the show. Like, I, I, like they had, like, a storyline, like, injury for him or something. I think it was storyline. Tell him he can't come out, cut a promo. But, yeah, like... especially because it's... The week thrown out. Right. He wasn't on the show. It's thrown out, right? No, he wasn't there. Uh, but... I, but, like, my point is, is that, like, there were so many guys that were left off, but you have to pick and choose. It's like, okay, who do we want to feature? And some of the matches that we're going to go through, you know, you might go through and be like, what the fuck is this guy doing here? Yeah. Like, you take Diamond Dallas Page off and put this guy in? Like, what the fuck? Yeah, exactly. But it worked because mainstream TV time. Diamond Dallas Page really didn't need a lot of TV time because he was getting featured. Well, yeah. Okay. Like so, like he could go a show without being on. Yeah, for sure. Uh, some of these guys, it's just like you know, get them on, get them featured, maybe get them a win. Yeah. It would help. They need it. Yeah. All right. What happened on Thunder with Kevin Nash, Hogan, and Savage? All right, so... Because they replay that. All right. Uh, Nash and Savage were scheduled for a tag match with DDP and Lex Luger. Mm. DDP gets jumped in the parking lot after Nitro's over. He comes out, but he's basically told, you're not medically cleared to compete. He said, fuck you, I'm going to do it anyway. Well, Hogan came out and attacked him. Uh Nash and Savage were not getting along, and that goes back to Nitro two weeks before him. You asked me about it earlier. Yeah. Because you had no idea, like, on the show, why Nash and Savage were, you know, or why Savage was pissed off at everybody. No, I didn't know. All right. Anybody that needs the context, uh, the first Nitro of 1998, uh, they do a thing at the beginning of the show, two limousines pull up. Hogan, Nash, yep. Vincent, Norton, Conan, Bagwell, out of one limo. Mm-hmm. Out of the other limo, Scott Hall, Macho Man, Rick Rude, Kurt Henning, Eric Bischoff. Yeah. Well, and Elizabeth. Yes. Uh, so they're saying NWO is having problems, right? Yes. By the way, Rick Rude, Kurt Henning, Macho Man, Randy Savage, Scott Hall, all been friends for years. <laughs> okay. So why the fuck wouldn't they ride together? Yeah. Bischoff just and Bischoff and Rude have been friends for forever. Exactly. Okay. So, uh, anyway, so there was problems. So Luger or Savage wrestles Luger in the main event of that show. Yeah. Luger wins. Savage goes nuts because you know that was his character. You know the madness. Uh, Savage goes to hit the referee with a with a chair. Or not the referee. He goes to hit Luger with the chair because because uh, he had already hit the referee. And earlier in the night, Nick Lambros, who was WCW's lawyer, yeah. said, uh, if any more rules get broken, there will be fines, there will be suspensions. So Bischoff sees that Luger's head's about to be taken off of the chair. He goes to grab the chair away from Savage. Savage pops him. Yes. Okay? Uh, Hogan comes out and says, what the fuck did you, why did you hit him? Uh, you know, so they got into an argument. Nash comes out, gets behind Savage, 
and forearms him in the back of the head because, you know, Nash is seven foot tall, Savage is six foot one, so it makes more sense to hit a guy from behind when you're, you know, ten inches taller than him. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to talk too much shit about Kevin Nash because he's had a bad week himself. Yeah. But, uh, so that just made sense, right? So those were the problems. Savage was having issues with Hogan and Nash. Yes. So we get the Thunder, or this Thunder, you know, the few days before this Nitro airs. Mm-hmm. They're having issues. They can't get along. Uh, so they continue to beat up Luger. Giant comes out. Nash and, uh, Na- uh, Giant cannot touch Nash or else he's going to lose $1.5 million. He can't touch him until the match is sold out. Yeah. Sting comes out and just starts beating the shit out of all of them. Because, you know, Sting can beat up every member of the NWO by himself. Yeah. Unless Hogan wanted to get the last word. And so that's pretty much, in a nutshell, uh, even though it took, just took me about 45 minutes, that's pretty much what happened. Uh, you know, the whole Thunder thing. That's what set it up, and that's where we were. Yes. Uh, all right. Next up, Hogan and Bischoff come out. And, uh, you know, Bischoff blows him. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Hogan talks about how great he is and how he's going to kick Giants' ass later. Yeah, and then also they're still trying to make a decision about the world title, which would come at sold out, by the way. Yeah. Uh, It's just your regular, your standard Bischoff-Hogan promo. Hogan uh, pretty much talking about how great he is. Bischoff stuck in the cock. And by the way, now that we started doing this and I'm on my, like, eighth one of these, it did get fucking old after a while. And that, like, and I always defended Bischoff, and I was always like, well, Bischoff, he did the heel thing first. Yeah. He did do the heel thing first, and we can't take that away from him. But Vince did it way better. Vince was a way better heel, he, way better character, way better. The way Vince did it just kicked Bischoff's ass. Well, yeah, because Bischoff, all he did was blow Hogan. Yeah. It Vince his, blew himself. Yeah, but this, Vince had a character. Yeah. Vince had a character that got his comeuppings. And, like, and Bischoff did, too, in some areas in some ways. But Bischoff never really had the charisma to me. He he came across as a proper douche. I think when when he got to WWE, he really honed it in. Yeah, the general manager performance was fucking awesome. But back then, it's just like it was kind of rough to be honest. And uh, Hogan just fucking yeah, dude, I'm the man, bro. Like it's yeah, just, shut the fuck up, Hulk. You suck. Uh, next match, and then we'll head over to the other channel. We have Chris Benoit versus Marty Jannetty. This match was better than I think people would have thought it was. Because, by the way, you're looking at a Marty Jannetty who hadn't really been in the spotlight in over a year. No. Uh, you know, not as quick as he used to be. And he wasn't really a – he hasn't been a name for multiple years. Yeah. So once he went through that window, yeah. it was over, Jack. Like, yeah. I, I'm sorry, and I like Jannetty, and I know he had a little feud with – you know, show my and trust me, I'm a Jannetty guy. He run my back for God's sake. Yeah, exactly. But he like he, he he's the other guy. And that's like why they called it the yep. Marty Jannetty of a tag team now. You know, who's gonna be the Jannetty and who's gonna be the star? Again, I love Jannetty, I really do, but you know and he could wrestle though. He proved it with Benoit. 
Good yeah. match. And then afterwards, too, when the flock attacked Benoit and then Janetti came to his aid. And by the way, that's the best. This is the best Janetti's ever looked. Like, yeah. he looked like a, a bona fide hero. When he came back in and he starts kicking ass and he flies over the fucking rope and shit, it's like, wow, Janetti's not fucking her up. Yeah, I, yeah. I think they did that, though, because Mongo was busy. That, Mongo wasn't there that night. It might have been, but Janetti really got a rub, and he kind of looked cool. And yeah. it's like, wow, good for him. Uh, I thought this match was good. Uh, Eric, Clintus, what did you guys think? I thought it was a better match than I thought it was going to be. I thought Janetti looked good. It's better than he has in years. And Chris and Wallace, Chris and Wallace, so any match with him. It's pretty much up there. Yeah. I have to do this. Yeah, it was a great match. Another solid um, way to begin to start Nitro off. So, yeah. All right. Let's flip the channel, gentlemen. Now we're going to Fresno, California at the Salon Arena. Our current champions. Other side of the country. On the side of the country, we have our world champion, Shawn Michaels, the heartbreak kid, the leader of DX. We have Triple H as the European champion. We have The Rock as the Intercontinental champion. We have the New Age Outlaws as our tag champions. And we have Takamichinoku at lightweight, light heavyweight. This could be a Hall of Fame class, to be honest with you. Yeah. Uh, Even Taka. Uh of course, unlike Nitro, and of course, fitting with WWE even to this day. I mean, sometimes they start with a match to be different now. But we start with a promo. Yeah. And we start with a big 10-minute dialogue and Paul Bear, oh, yes, talking about uh, Kane setting the Undertaker on fire, or setting the casket that the Undertaker was in on fire at the Royal Rumble. Yes. And by the way, our hosts are Jim Ross, Michael Cole, and Kevin Kelly. Right, which they were doing. They were kind of doing the same thing that Nitro was doing at the time. They would have one announced team for the first hour, and then uh, for the second hour, they would bring out like other people. Yeah, now, but you would have your main guys like Jr. Just had to do both hours, and so did Shivani and uh, and Tanay. So it's just like I, I'm pretty sure it's just the one. It, just the older guys like Walter and Keith, just like, we're not doing a full two hours. What if we have to pee? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I did think that WWE did a little better job at, like, really, like, making it, like, a whole different experience for the second hour, though. Like, it really feels like when it's, like, enter the war zone. It's like, shit gets real. Like, it's kind of cool. Well, yeah. Because, yeah. again, it was called a different show. Yeah, it was just, it, like, it wasn't, it was Raw's War the first hour, and it was a war zone the second hour. Yeah, it was just something cool about it. And, like, it's not like it makes any sense, and it really doesn't need to be that. It can all be Raw, but it's just, like, it's kind of cool. It's just... Oh, we're entering the war zone now. Shit's pick it up. I, I used to like it, though, and I, I think they still kind of did it around this time, but when, like, they would recap everything that happened that first hour leading into the second. Yes, that was cool, too. Because it's just like, okay, this is what we did on Raw's War. What are we going to do on the war zone? Yeah. Yep. It was very sick, as opposed to Shivani saying, we're an hour two. Yeah. Uh, okay, well, what the fuck happened in hour one? Yeah. But, it, it, yeah, it was pretty sick. I agree with you. Uh, yeah, the big talk of the town is Kane's fucking light and take her on fire. And uh, 
in the casket and everything in the big last man stay or no in the big casket match obviously yeah. with Sean. Uh, yeah, Paul talks a bunch of shit. That's pretty much it. Yeah, I mean, oh, did you? Well, actually, you do it better. Yeah. Oh yes. Uh, yeah. Good job, Bear. <laughs> the Clinton, you got a Paul Bear? No, I do not have no Paul Bear. <laughs> I tried. Uh, oh, yes. Undertaker got burned alive. <laughs> you did the face pretty well. I think well. Doug does it the best. Well, no, no, come on. It's got to be Daniel. No, I think you do do a good Paul Bear. I just look like him. I think <laughs> I did it on accident. <laughs> I can't tell if it's uh, Paul Bear or Herbert the Pervert from Family Guy. A little bit of both. <laughs> All right. We go to the backstage, and Triple H is bragging about... I can talk normal, right? Yeah. All right, good. <laughs> For the love of God, yeah. <laughs> We're in the backstage, and Triple H is talking about how he made Owen Hart look like a loser. And he thinks Owen should run down south because he can't cut it. Like his brother. Yeah, well, uh, that's... He wanted to run down south. Vince cut off his legs so he couldn't run. Yeah. And uh, it's just kind of fucked up. <laughs> like, it's just kind of... Like, it is... And I know you hate this Triple H. We're not going to go over this. And we're not going to... This is like you... The only thing I'm going to say is... Like, the next week... Like, when he does the promo later on saying, Owen, I, I'm going to put the European title on the line against you. Like, that next week... It was Gold Dust dressed up as Triple H and Luna dressed up as China. Yeah. It's like you couldn't even do a fucking proper like to drop the title to him. You had to have somebody else do it. Yeah. But again, like let's not get into that because uh, you know then we'd have to pay Blog Talk for another two hours. Uh, so Triple H was kind of a piece back then. Kind of. But uh. I, the treatment Owen Hart kind of sucked. Except, like Owen should have beat him. He should have beat like Sean in the non-title match in the main event of Raw to give him a number one contender shot, and then you have him lose, you know, yeah. for the championship. That's that's how it should have been done right. It shouldn't have just been Owen getting shit on because you know some of them like those, that promo he cut on that Raw we did a couple weeks ago. He's like the little nuggets coming to kick some ass. Mm-hmm. It's like that shit would have been over. And it, they just kind of shit all over it, and it, it doesn't leave a good taste in your mouth. But uh, well, let me ask you: Do you think yeah. a lot of what Owen Hart went through was because of what Brett and all how he just up packed up and left WCW for WCW, and he was the only Hart there? So when he was doing it, to... well, remember, absolutely, that's the Vince promised Owen. He's like, look, you're going to get all this stuff if you show your loyalty to me. You're going to be rewarded. Yeah, but then you also have to remember you're dealing with Triple H and Shawn Michaels. Yeah, Shawn Michaels is not going to put anybody over that is related to is related to Bret Hart. He's not going to put over anybody that's gone to lunch with Bret Hart. Like Shawn Michaels just wasn't having it. Any relationship with Bret Hart whatsoever, you're not getting over in Shawn's eyes. Plain and simple. Yeah. I agree. And, uh, yeah, I agree with that. And I, I also agree that it's the heart's leading, too. 
And the way that they left and the way Brett left and the way the Montreal screw job and everything and look, look, Brett should have Brett should have disagreed to do the job. I'm not gonna say who's right and who's wrong. All I'm gonna say is Owen got fucked over for being loyal. Yeah. For being a company guy, he got fucked over. Uh which sucks. Definitely. But it is what it is. He got fucked over for something that's not his control. He can't control the fact that uh, him and uh, Bret Hart have the same parents. Yeah. And honestly, like we've said that it should have been utilized numerous times. But, uh, and, uh, and Sean's bragging about how he beat The Undertaker. And they're going to conduct a thorough search for him. Yeah. So we'll see how that goes. Let's get to our first match. We have Farouk, D'Lo, Brown, and Kama versus the Disciples of the Apocalypse and another nation versus <laughs> Biker Gang. And this is pretty much done and over with. Like, Farouk's about to be kicked out soon anyway, isn't he? Yeah. This is to set up the War of Attrition match. It's going to be at uh, In Your House, No Way Out of Texas. Okay. Which is going to be all five members of the nation versus D.O.A., Ahmed Johnson, and Ken Shamrock. Yes. So, uh, always spilling shit. Keep going. But it's just like the whole thing. First of all, DOA died when Crush left. Yeah. My personal opinion. It was never really big. Yeah. Yeah, well, Crush leaving sure as fuck didn't help things. Yeah, that and the Barik was, I mean, the gang warfare shit was cool, but it, it got old. Yeah, really quick. My personal opinion of Matt sucks. I mean, the best worker in the match was D'Lo. Yeah. Yeah, this wasn't as good as an opener as, uh, as, uh, as Martel and Eddie Guerrero. Yeah. I didn't like this as much. But I did like this show, so I want to start to get this stuff that that's good. But, yeah. uh, Vic Venom, there's a promo for him who he... He ends up doing some stuff, right? Yeah. Great magazine writer. By the way, Vic, Vic Venom, for anybody that was not paying attention, Vic Venom is Vince Russo. Yeah, when he, he was he, the editor of the magazine. Yeah. And by the way, Vince Russo used to come up with, like in the early days of the magazine, would come up, he would start, uh, come up with storylines for the magazine. Like, he talked about in the magazine one time how uh, King Kong Bundy ripped a sink out of a bathroom and threw it and it hit Diesel in the back. Really? Yeah. And how Shawn Michaels tried to stop Diesel from attacking Bundy, so Diesel uh, picked him up and put him on top of a toilet. He mm-hmm. said, get the fuck out of my way. And it's just like, I mean, none of this stuff happened, or not that we know of, but it's just like, it, he was just coming up with certain things. And... Like it was, it made you want to read the magazine. Yeah, he's a creative guy. Yeah, Vince Russo might be a fucking bubbling idiot, but he did he did know what he was doing for a period of time. Yeah, whether you like it or not. Uh, let's go back to Nitro, and we have Jerry Flynn. No, not Jerry Lynn. Jerry Flynn. Yeah. Versus the cat. Flynn. Somebody call your mama. Yeah. But uh, who by he, the way is right back? In, he's in Impact. Right now, good for the cat. Here he's a martial artist. Yeah, kind of a ninja. Right off, right out of the tag team of Glacier. Yes, and uh, obviously, clearly that gimmick does not work for him. No, I like him way better when he's calling his mama. Yeah, 
I'm the greatest. Yeah. I mean, I'm not. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, this match sucked. And it was quick. Yeah. So there you had no well, point in It was a karate was... match. Yeah. Karate match and a wrestling program. I mean, it was okay, but. Look, I like Jerry Flint. All yeah. right. A great mullet. Uh, and I actually thought that, like, he had some talent. He was all right. But, again, it was a karate match on a wrestling pro. That's like, uh, that's like, you know, in the middle of a football game, taking a timeout to play hacky sack. Uh, or, you know, putting a, taking a golf club out on the baseball diamond. It's just like, like, uh, it just, it didn't fit. I mean, I understand you're trying to get Ernest Miller over, but Ernest Miller wouldn't hit his stride until, you know, a few months later. Yeah. I agree. We have the Nitro yeah, Girls. I didn't like Yeah, Eric didn't like it either. I don't blame it. Uh, yeah. Same here. We all thought it sucked. They did have a better open. I agree with you. And then the second match was better for Raw. Scott Hall comes out and does a survey. He calls to Larry Sabisco. To set up, because they were building towards their match. It sold out. Uh, Sunday. Saturday. 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 So they did that. Uh, Hall was going to wrestle Lex Luger later on in the show. Yeah. It was, a, it was a regular Scott Hall promo. Yes, it was. Yep. It was he okay. came out by himself. Yeah. He kept, right. time, he kept teasing the um, dysfunction in the NWO. Yeah. Yeah. And that was kind of the narrative of the night. A Pretty little, much. A yeah. little bit. And, uh, all right, let's go back to Raw. We have Mark Merrill versus Tom Brandy. This was actually better than I think it had any right to be. Yeah. Well, because they did have a feud at the time. Yeah. Because uh, Tom Brandy thought Sable was hot and thought Merrill was a jerk. Yeah, but Brandy he was never... right on both accounts. Brandy never won, though. I think he got one count-out win. <laughs> so Merrill, Merrill wins again. He low blows him. Oh my! Mark Merrill with all the low blows. It's like all right, you keep wanting to touch to touch a guy in the balls. No wonder Sable left you for a guy that you know, you know, could please her better. That would be Brock Lesnar. Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> you think when he goes to have sex with her, Paul Heyman's outside the door? <laughs> He's like, "You're about to get fucked by Brock Lesnar." Uh, not outside the door, but I'm pretty sure he's on the phone somewhere. <laughs> the undefeated pull-out king. Uh, Mr. can go an hour. Brock. And Brock never yeah. likes... Brock doesn't like punching people in the balls. He likes getting touched in the balls, but he doesn't like punching people in the balls. Yeah. Mero just likes to touch testicles way too much. He likes to touch a testy. Uh, DX found a hearse outside with a bunch of chicks in it. Yeah. What did you think of that one? I thought that was interesting. 
Clint's voice got different. Man. Uh, it's, it's DX. What you expect? I mean, I'm not sure. I'm more... I like the kind of stuff they did later. The reunion... DX 2.0, I should say, I call it. When they got back and together like, in 2000. <laughs> Now, do you think because do you think because they were in a hearse, one of their dicks went limp? I mean, it would, I'm not it, it would make sense for that part of the body to die while in a hearse. Inappropriate. No, no. I'm not, I won't get up to you. I don't, I'm not even going to respond to that. I was just waiting for Clint's answer. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't blame you. <laughs> All right, the limo. Another limo appears out back, not a hearse, a limo, and Mike Tyson pops out. Is this is that episode of Raw? Oh yeah, and we'll talk about that later. Uh, back over on the Nitro, we have Rick and Scott Steiner versus Conan and Buff Bagwell with Vincent. I'm just glad it's not a match involving Scott Norton. Surprisingly, a pretty good tag team match, though. A pretty good tag team match where Scott never tagged Rick into the match. Yeah. It started started to be the whole Scott Steiner was a glory glory hog thing. Like in real life or as a storyline? As a storyline. Because they were teasing his heel turn. Yeah. It was okay. I thought it was a pretty good match. It, it was a very good match. I just think, to be honest with you, I like Rick Steiner's work more than I like Scott's. I thought it was a good match, considering Scott Steiner was the only one that competed. Yeah, it was good for what it was. All right. Back <laughs> you okay? Yeah. <laughs> you ready for Olive Garden now? Yes, I am. All right, back over on Raw, we have Cactus Jack and Chainsaw Charlie versus the Quebecers. I love this. Even though it wasn't necessarily the greatest match, I love seeing Cactus and Chainsaw beat the hell out of people. And anytime Jack Rougeau gets the shit beat out of him, I'm okay with that. Yeah. PCO was pretty bulky back then, huh? Yeah. Looks nothing like he does now. No. No, literally nothing. Uh, I thought this was a good match. I, 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 yeah, it was a fun tag match. What did you think, Quinn? Uh, I thought it was a good match. I mean, it was a better, it was better than what we I've seen so far on Raw so far. Let's put it that way. Or I should say the war, uh, Raw's War part. Yeah, I agree. I thought it was a fun tag. And you can tell that, I mean, the Attitude Era is already in full swing pretty yeah. much, but it's really hot right now, and it's getting really good. And, like, iconic moment after iconic moment. Yeah. Not that this not that this is an iconic moment, but, like. And, by the way, this is their return to the company. And, by the way, this was, to me, this is our hardest episode so far. I, I'm still having trouble you still have no idea who the hell you're going to get not to, do you? Yeah, I really like both programs this time. 
there were, it wasn't like a WCW 2000 and or a WWF in in 96, you know, yeah. where it's like Nitro clearly won or Raw clearly won. This was kind of hard because I thought this was pretty even across the board. But uh, yeah, you know what I mean. I thought I thought uh, both shows. Yeah, I, I, I disagree with that. Well, okay. Well, which one did you like better? I'll tell you two, the wrestling part and why, I have to give it to, to Nitro. I mean, because okay. when I felt like watching Raw, it felt like even though it's like, oh, yeah, so it's just a fallout. And when Raw always had their fallouts, the show seemed really boring, advertising the same person for two hours for them to get a five-minute spotlight for the last ten minutes of the show. It's just, come on. <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I think we're all lacking the wrestling. You felt like you was like being big, like you're waiting there. You make you wait all night long to watch one person come out and where you can just get to 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 the point. I mean, you can have so many different storylines and create something else better going forward instead of dragging the show out for one storyline. It's going to happen for five or ten minutes, and then you have these. Boring matches. Good thing too. I didn't really like WCW. Excellent like match entertainment altogether. This episode of Raw, it was just like I am bored, <laughs> and that's what I felt. Yeah, like that's the way I felt too. <clears throat> I kind of felt the he same makes, way. He makes a good point though. No, it's a damn good point. I uh, I don't. I mean, I don't agree because I enjoyed. Both shows, and I, I didn't, I was not bored for Raw. I do think like the wrestling was a lot better on Nitro, and they gave him a little more time and like some of the matches. But I think you did have like, like Rock and Ahmed was pretty good. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was okay. The the tag match at the main events, not bad. Right. And of course the the you know what we get to later with fucking Tyson and all, like that's an iconic moment. Yeah. I thought Raw had a lot to be yeah. I thought Raw had a lot of good shit the, this time around, to be honest. Right. There was a, well, there was some bad well, stuff, too. Like the, well, besides, like, the Tyson and Austin part, we all know, number one, they broke Raw into Raw's war in the war zone. So when they're advertising the stuff of Raw as war, I mean, war zone, they're doing it during, like, Raw's war. Like, if you want to have, like, make it seem like two different shows, like A, B, I can see two different commentaries, A, B, okay, fine. But make it so it has its own little thing. And don't keep yeah. bringing what you're going to do in hour two during hour one and have these corny matches on the same, on the flip side of the world. <laughs> okay. And I, yeah, I understand that. I thought Rob could have been better. I think it surrounded with Mike Tyson too a little too much. Just watching. I thought that's what made it beautiful, though. Uh, I'm I'm actually on the other side of the fence. I actually I thought Raw was better than Nitro. Now now I'm now I'm like firmly on the other side because I I, I think you guys aren't putting enough respect on Raw's name. I did I didn't mind it. I thought it was a damn good show. I thought Nitro had some slow spots too. Like do it like. I don't want to see Bischoff and fucking Hogan fuck in the ring for like 10 minutes. Okay. You know? So 
So here's my yes, view on you made a fair point there. All right, I'm. Well, it's a good discussion because this is the first time we all don't agree on something. So let's enjoy the moment too, yeah. because that's kind of what this is about. Right, and here's my view yeah. on it. There's people that I like on Raw. Yeah. People that I like on Nitro. Yes. So again, like, all right. So who have we talked about so far? I like Rick Martel. Yeah. I like him better as a model, but I like Rick Martel. <laughs> I like Eddie Guerrero. I used to be a big fan of Marty Kennedy, and then you know, uh. You know, he's not a good human being, but oh well. Neither was Benoit, but I was a fan of Benoit's. So I like those four guys. I like Jerry Flynn. All right. I like Rick. I like Rick and Scott Steiner. Other side of the coin. I like D'Lo. Yes. I like Farouk. I like the Godfather. Yes. I liked Mark Merrill. Yes. I like Cactus and Chainsaw. So the fact that I was happy to see those guys get airtime. Yeah. Uh, and, like, the, the Bariquas in the Taka match was awesome. Yeah. And also, like, don't forget, too, you know, the match that happened before that, the North American title match. I liked Bradshaw at the time. I did, too, but that was – that's the one where I agree with Clement. Yeah. And it's like, I get it because that was so counterintuitive. And is that the next match? Uh, yeah. Okay. We might as well talk about that because I do think that that would be – like Clint's best example to say why Ross sucked because I didn't like the the Bradshaw shit. I didn't like Blackjack Wyndham turning on him after. I didn't like Cornette and the whole NWA shit because it was so behind in the time yeah. and it did not it did, no listen it did not make sense with the rest of the program. It doesn't make sense. It does not fit in. No, I, I and I agree with that, but I think a lot of it had to do with if you look at Wyndham's face. Mm-hmm. Uh. He his face pretty much looks like mom's face when she feels like we're taking too long doing the show. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I just had to use you in a <laughs> like that. Uh, pretty much. All right. It, 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 well, it felt like a perfect example, but like Wyndham just looked like I did not want to be there. Like, why am I here? Yeah. Like, because Barry Wyndham and Rock and Roll Express and Cornette are old. Are old and did not belong on this type of program. No, because on the attitude era. Yeah, because this is supposed to be edgy and fun and like even like having the Quebecer seems a bit off. But yeah. like this is like edgy and it's different and it's so new and it's so like and you're building up the Austin Tyson, it's like all this cool shit and then you got the NWA. Yeah. Like, this is old-timer bullshit. Yeah, like, I, I love yeah, it. I, love I just didn't think it made sense. I, to me, this is where I agree with Clarence. That I'm like, okay, I, I understand what you're saying, because this is kind of shit. Yeah, but it also, but again, it had to do with the fact that, like, you had people there that just looked like, why the fuck am I here? Yeah. All right, you have a show that is geared more to, you know, to teenagers. Yeah. And... Most of these teenagers have no idea who the fuck I even am. Yeah. Like, if you wanted to do this as, like, a segment and then Stone Cold comes out and stuns everybody, including Cornette, I think that'd be a good segment. Yeah. It'd even be a main event segment or Raw. But to try to, like, build this up in the undercut, like, it was never going to work. It just doesn't make sense. Yeah, because, again, it, it... But the lariat that Wyndham hit uh, JBL with was pretty damn good. Yeah. 
He well, doesn't know nobody anything. Can, nobody can hit a, win, a, a lariat. Uh, nobody can hit a Wyndham like a lariat. <laughs> nobody can hit a lariat like Wyndham. Yeah. Uh, first day yeah. of my new gun. Uh, but like, but again, I do agree. And, and this is where Clint's point really does get. Uh, where Clint's point really does hit. It's like, yes, this is, you know, this is where Raw does, you know, suck. I agree. Now, let's go over to Nitro, and we're kind of going to speed through a little bit because I'm getting hungry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Do they still have lots for ravioli in Olive Garden? I don't know. <laughs> they might. If they do, uh, we need to hurry the fuck up. Gene Okerlund does uh, this thing with the Giant talking about the main event. Uh, and he talks about the choke slam and how cool it is. And, uh, yeah. Sting comes over, gets him pumped up. Yeah, after he drops Hogan on his head, by the way. Yeah. So Sting comes out and kicks ass again. It's cool. Yeah. Uh, our, our first match of our two, we have Booker T and Mortis. But James Vanderberg, James Mitchell for TNA fans. It was it was cool for what it was. I didn't I didn't think too much about it. I thought it was a good showcase for Booker T. That power bomb though. Yeah. Off the off the ropes. That was sick. Oh my god. That How the hell did yeah. Mortis not break his neck? Like, I I enjoyed the match, and then Rath coming out and attacking Booker after, and then Martel coming out making the save, and then they technically make the match for for sold out. It was kind of cool. Yeah, yeah, I thought it was, I thought I thought, it was decent. Yeah, it was a fine match. And uh, over on the other channel, we're entering the war zone. We have Jerry Lawler come out with JR, and this is the famous duo we all know and love. Uh, now, yeah. the start of this show, and this is where I go back to disagree, and I think that Raw actually had the better program because this did feel different, and it did feel you entered the war zone, and it's like, all right, they're on this search for Undertaker, they're on this search. Now we're in this new show, but we're also going to pay off what we were building up the first hour. Yeah, and fucking. You hear Undertaker's entrance. You know, you'd see Undertaker. It fooled me. Yeah. Uh, and it's Shawn Michaels. And he's fucking dancing. He's being the heart. And to me, this is prime little bastard heel Shawn Michaels. Like, I think this is, like, the best he can be. Do you think JR really wanted to kill him from time to time? Oh, yeah, of course. I think everybody did. But it's just, like, he was, like such a prime douchebag and he was like dancing around like fuck the Undertaker like it's just there's something cool about it like it's just I I, to me it really worked and then of course you know and then we get the iconic infamous moment of you know them doing the little cookout thing with China and Triple H and about 300 dick jokes yeah with the hot dogs and stuff yeah and China pulled out she's like all right China what are you bringing to the party and well actually we don't need to get into that uh although to be honest with you sometimes I think China's was bigger uh but no I I didn't think I thought Sean was a good promo I didn't think Triple H was a good promo around this time no not yet 
he would get there. I mean, him okay. saying about trying to bring in the big stick and stuff. And, yeah. What are you bringing to the barbecue, girl? And stuff like that was kind of cool lines. But it was like an actual promo. I thought he he just sounded like a, a sophomore football player. Yeah, pretty much. Clement, did you like this opening segment at least? Actually, I did. I think this is the first thing overall they did inside, like, I actually enjoyed and watched. I, I liked on it. Cool. Uh, Eric, were you a fan? I liked it. Because this is your boy, cool. too. He, he was this prick. He was this douchebag. All, all those words. <laughs> but, yeah, this Shawn Michaels was pretty decent. He was, he was the man, though. Not, so, not he my was favorite so Shawn Michaels, at. but... Oh yeah, yeah he, was he was just like at, he was, he was being... so good at being such a fucking dick. <laughs> yeah. And then we go to the backstage, and Tyson's hanging out with the LOD. Sonny comes by and he tells him tells her he's married right away, which I respected. Yeah. Sonny <laughs> is the female version of a playboy. That says, oh, any good uh, hockey player can get through a goalie. Yeah, pretty much. Uh, Chris Jericho versus Hoobie on the other channel. Well, we do the we we can't skip past. Brett and Rick have a promo together. Yeah. And Brett and Rick uh, basically talk about Rick's offended that he calls himself the best there is, the best there ever was, and all that shit. Yeah. You won't call yourself a better wrestler than me. And they basically set up a future encounter. Their matches the match is going to happen at Sold Out. Yeah. That was another one of the big matches. Their matches in WCW, including the one that sold out, was pretty good. Yeah, it was. And, yes. all right, well, it's actually funny. I like their matches in WCW better than their matches in the WWF. I did, I did too. Now, I actually watched Sold Out 98 about a week ago, maybe. Okay. Uh. Now, I didn't necessarily do it in preparation for this show, obviously, because we're not covering this all out. Yeah. But, like, I, I just happened to watch it, and then when I remembered that we were going to do this wardrobe, I'm like, oh, it kind of fits. So, again, I did something smart without actually thinking about it first. Uh, I did something smart on accident. Yeah. Uh, but, yeah, yeah, thanks, guys. Uh yeah. I'm proud of but you. Like, like uh, the whole thing, they had a really good match. Now, the promos, again, leading up to it, Brett was not a great promo because his promos take about as long as my explanations. Who, Brett? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and he's just boring. Yeah. Like, he doesn't mean to be. His I think he did pretty good, decent here. I didn't. I thought it sucked. I thought Rick carried it, and like Brett tried to look cool by being kind of like suave and stuff. But I don't. To me, Brett's only been good on the microphone in his sort of heelish '97 stuff for WWE. Right. Right before he left, like in the Canadian Hero shit, like that shit was really good, and that's when he was at his best on the microphone. But everything else, his babyface stuff when he was the champion, like it all has been just boring nonsense to me. I don't like his promos. I think he's the, probably the best person to ever walk in a wrestling ring, but yeah, his promos to me have never been that. 
But Rick has so much fucking room. And like when Rick's like, I'm going downtown. And like Brett's like, I'm going downtown too. It's like, no, you're not. <laughs> you're not going downtown. You're, you're going home Yeah. Well, because I think even too, I don't think Brett moved to Atlanta, did he? Because I think like, because for the longest time, if you worked for WCW, you had to live in Atlanta. Unless you were Hogan or Flair. Yep. And then Scott Hall and Kevin Nash changed that because they're just like, fuck you, we're not moving to Atlanta. Mm-hmm. We're staying wherever the fuck we are. Scott Hall could get away with it because Scott Hall lives in Florida. Right. All right. Nash is just like, fuck you, I'm staying in I'm staying in Scottsdale or Scarsdale or uh, Detroit or wherever the fuck he was. He had, he, well, he had a few places. Yeah. He's like, I'm going to fucking stay in the Midwest and if you don't like it, you can blow me. Yeah. Uh, but... <laughs> Because I think even Sting moved to Atlanta. Yeah. Because, like, again, it was better for better for travel. Like, especially if you were needed at, like, the TV studio or something like that. But, I, yeah, I don't think Brett ever moved to – to my knowledge, I don't think he ever moved to Atlanta. I could be wrong. You probably didn't. Hoovy and Jericho. Jericho is starting to turn heel. Yeah. Uh, I thought it was good. So, they had a lot of matches, a lot of matches in 1998. Yeah. And I felt like they had really good chemistry. And when Hoovy was allowed to turn it on, he could turn it on. Because there were some times where it's just like, Hoovy, just go out there and do the job for Jericho. Yeah. But I thought they had really good chemistry. And I loved Mysterio and Hoobie teaming up and beating Jericho up at the end. Like, that to me was kind of cool. All right. On the other channel, we have the Bariquas versus Headbangers, Taka and Owen. And I actually thought this was pretty fun. Uh, the Bariquas are no, Headbangers, Taka and Owen, the New Heart Foundation. Uh I enjoyed it, and I thought, I mean, it's the fucking weirdest group of people of all time. Yeah. But it's, like, so, I I thought it was fun. I really, I enjoyed those four together. And then Owen cutting a promo after was fine. I thought it it was all, it was all good fare, good filler. It was all right. I mean, I I personally enjoyed it myself, so. Eric didn't like it. <laughs> oh, he thought did? It no. I thought it was alright. I didn't think it sucked. I don't think it was great, but I I thought it was just average. To you, it was just another segment, right? Yeah. All right. What did he just say? I don't know. Uh, all right, we have the Rock and Ahmed Johnson. I said this was good earlier, and you laughed at me. Yeah. Oh, I scoffed. Yeah. I'm going to tell you, it just wasn't that good. No. And Rock was not there yet, but getting there. Rock was there. Rock was getting there a few weeks ago when we did that show. Yeah. Rock's here now. And you could tell. He was just oozed with charisma. You're right, Ahmed kind of sucked, but Rock's the man. 
I agree with Doug. I thought it was blah. Clement, did you think it sucked too? Yeah. <laughs> All right, cool. Oh, you know, Daniel's going to end up branching out on his own, firing us, from, uh, firing all of us from the show. And next week, you're going to see Daniel <laughs> on here with fucking uh, Scott Casey and Barry Horowitz. <laughs> yeah, I'm pretty sure they oh. hated us too. No, they hated me, even though you're the one that said something. Yeah, that, yeah. Well, Scott Casey did. Uh, did. Barry Horowitz liked you, but yeah, Scott mm-hmm. Casey was getting mad at you, even though it was me talking. All right. Other channels, she's not talking about you. She's talking about her game. Right. Lex Luger and Scott Hall. Uh, this was pretty good. I wish it wouldn't have ended in a DQ because it was my favorite match on the card. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, you were really into this. And then once the DQ hit, you're just like, yeah, you're pissed. Fucking and it's like Savage. I get you got to do what you got to do. But it's like, you're already going to. They're building up. Again, Luger and Savage at the pay-per-view. Yeah. But it's like, then Savage could stay the fuck away from the main event. You don't need to build to the turmoil, too. Build the one. You don't need to fucking come at the co-main event and the main event and fucking fuck with it. I I love Savage, and I think Savage is, like, I usually think Savage is, like, selfless, and he's, like, he's the guy that, like, made Hogan, and he should have been bigger than he ever was. But it's, like, here, it's, like, go away. Exactly. I I think it ruined the match. But go go the fuck away. Let him match. I was enjoying the match. Yeah, I really like yeah. this match. Until it, I thought it should have had a pure ending. I really do. And then Zabisco comes this out. This I agree with you, Daniel. I thought it was good. I think this is where WCW shoots itself in the foot with this and the next match at the end is the fucky finishes. And the fucking, you, you know, and the big, and the brawl. In the row. Right, so, yeah. They, and you don't need a guy, you don't need guys brawling after every fucking match. All right, so they did the return. Uh, Scott Hall versus Lex Luger the next week on Nitro. Yeah. Same fucking finish. <laughs> Except for Zabisco didn't get involved in <laughs> this time. It was Savage attacking Luger, and then Sting came out and beat the shit out of Savage. So the only what difference the there... Zabisco even interfering. Yeah. So, again, the following week on Nitro, same match, same finish. <laughs> All right, on Raw, Shit. we're going to go to what's kind of the main event, but obviously it's not. We have the New Age Outlaws versus the Godwins for the tag team titles, and I actually thought this was a pretty good match. It, was, it wasn't It was too long. But I, I love Henry and Phineas Godwin. Yeah, and obviously you knew, you knew who was going to go over. Yeah, but you didn't think they were going to use a pig. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I swear to God, for anybody listening to this, by the way, I, I do have to deliver a PSA. If you are getting dressed while listening to us, please be careful and do not throw out your <laughs> uh, Shut up. By the way, guys, that did happen to somebody that listens to this show. Uh, we won't get into it. We won't get into it. Oh, my it, God. But again, please, if you are listening to this show and doing something strenuous, Please be careful because the last thing you want is uh, to be stuck somewhere where you where you have to listen to us for the next five hours. But if you're not, if and, you're not, you're a shotgun. But if you're not and you're alone and naked and you know having a nice night to yourself and lighting some candles, I'm a pleasure to provide that for you. Yeah, uh, and I'm glad that our <laughs> angelus voices can do that. 
Because I, I don't know about you, but I would lay around naked and listen to us. I have. Uh, All right. I yeah. lay around naked and listen to hard hits. <laughs> oh, my God. Speaking of hard hits, huh? Yeah. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> Eric, I, I said, I'm sick of no more. It's done. It's over. Wait, what's Clint to say? Huh? I think Clint is just quit. All right. One more. One more. Yeah, you're done? <laughs> we need you. Uh, yeah, this was a good match. <laughs> It was a cool, inventive ending with the pig. Yeah, a pig with a brick in it. It's like me when I have to shit. <laughs> you do shit bricks. All right. We'll go over to Nitro for the main event. And our main event is Hulk Hogan versus the Giant. It's not for the title because there is no title. It's vacant. Yeah. Uh, it lasts six minutes. Savage comes, fucking gets on the... This is actually a pretty fun match. I mean, Giant doesn't know what the hell he's doing yet. But, uh, still. Yeah. But, it, but he's, he's still fun to watch. And it's, I, I like these two against each other. And Hogan likes making Giant look good. It worked. First of all, Giant was starting to learn basic moves. Like, although not many guys really need to pull off the two parts. Yes. But, uh. And then, you know, Sam forgot to mention his promo. Hogan. Yeah. Giant's uh, interview earlier. Yeah. yeah. Savage fucks over Hogan, and then Giant gets the win. Yeah, which was weird. Yep. Yeah, especially, it's weird that baby face, the heel almost winning clean, and then the baby face having to cheat to win. Yeah. Well, that's probably the only way Hogan would do the job. But in the Superdome, it was fun. You know, the crowd was into it. And the finish kind of sucked, to be honest. And yeah. then, you know, the big brawl, like I said, it was getting a bit old at this point. Sting, Luger, then, Giant. Sting! Like, it's just, it's like, we've seen this shit before. Yeah, you know? exactly. So, we like, yeah. hold it back too tight. Yeah. So, Doug. What? How long before uh, Savage um, becomes, uh, is, is that part of the NWO? Uh, before he gets kicked out of it, well, they do the, uh, they do the NWO split later on in the year around April, Uh, May. But yes, this, this was good. Uh, On the, on the other channel, we have Tyson. Tyson Austin! Tyson Austin! Tyson Austin, Tyson Austin. Yeah. JR was freaking out. Tyson and Austin get into it. (laughs) Austin starts talking shit, saying he could kick his ass any day of the week. And this is prime Mike Tyson. Uh, yeah. Yeah, they get into it. They fucking – and this was a lot of fun. This was the best segment of the show. It was iconic. There's not much more we need to say about it. It was the, no, best, it was the best segment of both shows. Yes. And – we're going to give our final thoughts on both now, and we're going to get the hell out of here so Clint can watch SmackDown, we can go and eat. we can go to Olive Garden. Uh, Eric, I'm going to start with you. I want you to give your final thoughts on both shows and which show won this week of wardrobes. Wrong with the, okay, I mean, the top thing was about Austin 
Tyson, so so I like that. Other other than that, the rest of the show is miss me. That's me. I I the Shawn Michaels stuff with DX and Triple H. I thought that was decent. I guess I guess rewatching it twenty plus years later, it just feels different. I don't know. Um, so I give Raw six out of ten. Nitro, I enjoyed the matches. I I enjoyed. It made me want to watch uh, sold out and sold out now. So I like that. I like the Larry DeBisco stuff. I've always enjoyed him on commentary. And the feud with uh, Scott Hall, I thought that was pretty decent. And then the Giant was still green, but he was still enjoyable to watch. Les Luger, Macho, was all good. And I enjoyed the matches more than I did on, from Raw. So I give Nitro 7 out of 10. And obviously I give the win to uh, Nitro this week. Gotcha. So Nitro wins the week for you. Yep. All right, Clintus, your final thoughts on both shows and who wins the week? I want to say who wins the week. I don't think overall, the long in the story, I want to give it to Nitro. Very few times, especially in the 98 year, I'm definitely going to give Nitro a win overall. <laughs> Very rare. But Nitro had the better wrestling. I think Raw, on the other hand, had like the between the D, between the Austin and Tyson, and then the DX situation. It was really nothing that really just stood out. Sitting there saying, "Oh, yes. I can't wait to no way out or whatever next or see what's going to go happen." Storyline about that. They didn't want to build that up until about a few weeks later. So I want to say Raw, I want to give a 5 out of 10. And Nitro, I'll give a 6. So Nitro wins the week for you? Yep. All right. I'll say I'm going to disagree. To me, Raw wins the week because of its way stronger second hour. I thought Nitro did have the better wrestling and it did have the better matches. Raw had better promos. Raw had better storytelling. Raw had a better plot throughout the episode and better build-up for what it was trying to achieve. I thought the Shawn Michaels stuff to start the war zone was awesome. And I thought the end with Tyson and Austin is one of the top five favorite wrestling moments of all time for me. So this was so good, and it really lit a fire under so many people's asses. I got to give it to Raw. Nitro, it, it... Suffered too much from the fucking finishes to me to the for the big brawls. Nitro felt like more of the same. Raw felt like something different, so I'm going raw. Yeah. Hey. I'm I'm going I'm gonna give the edge to Raw on this because of that last segment and because of their la- uh, the last wrestling match they did. The tag title match. Yes. Because I felt like the Godwins versus the Outlaws I can't believe I'm saying this. Godwin versus the Outlaws was better than Hogan versus Giant. Okay. So I'm going to give Raw a 9 out of 10, and I'm going to give Nitro a 7.5 out of 10. You give the nod to Raw, too? Two, yeah. two. 
It's 2-2, two, two, so this is a completely split week. We haven't had one yet. Yeah. We got one now. We got one now. And uh, Doug, do the plugs. Let's get the hell out of here. All right. Boxman and Smart Wrestling Outlet, Wednesdays on YouTube, 10-15, uh, 10-20 Eastern Time, right after AEW. They haven't done Hollywood Hangout in a while, so fuck them. Uh, Listen to us, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time every Friday night here on blogtalkradio.com slash everything unscripted for the Unscripted Wrestling Podcast. Next week, we are going to make our pitches for what we would do if any of us bought the WWE. Yes. So, big business pitch. Uh, do not, and I'm pretty much just telling this to myself, do not make your business pitch uh to the fact that, you know, if you bought WWE, you would take Vince McMahon out in the middle of the desert and shoot him. Yeah. I'm Again, I'm saying that to myself. Yeah, we know. Uh, but, so we're going to do that next week. Well, we're not going to take Vince out in the middle of the desert. I know, Doug. All right. But, so, that's going to be the idea. Business pitches on what we would do if we bought WWE. Tomorrow night, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Time. Unscripted Unlimited. Another sitcom debate. ABC versus NBC versus CBS. ABC, Drew Carey Show. CBS, Everybody Loves Raymond. NBC Friends. Uh, Sean is going to be back. He's going to represent Drew Carey. Karen's going to be back. She's going to represent uh, uh, Everybody Loves Raymond. And Baron is going to be on the show for the first time in a year. Uh, as a matter of fact, it will mark one year since he was last on the show when Eric handed him a day. Uh, <laughs> And he is gonna represent he's gonna represent friends. Uh I'm obviously gonna host and uh Eric, Boxman, and myself, unless you are gonna participate, are gonna no. be the judges. No. Uh, Clintus, are you judging tomorrow night? Uh depends if I get home in time. Okay. So I plan on going out tomorrow, so I'm not sure I won't be available all around. That that that's fine. Uh, Sunday, uh, the Stabcast. We have uh, part two of the Scream TV series. We're going to be doing the VH1 stuff with Kiki Palmer. It's going to okay. be a lot of fun. I don't know what's going on with the web cave yet. Okay. All right. Hard hits with Eric and Clintus Wednesday uh, or Thursday or whenever they get to it. Make sure to check out our buddy Sean and the Lee Diplodoc. And tomorrow, if you are a member of the Facebook group Flipping Figures or Flippin Figures, Eric and I will be doing a claim sale. It's going to start tomorrow uh, and go till Monday. All right. Fred, it's always a pleasure. Eric, love you. See you tomorrow. And we'll see everybody next week. Yep. Later, guys. Later. Go Bears. Go Bills. Yeah.